It is the In Wheel Time Car Talk Show. Just ahead, paperback writer Jack Nerad. <laughs> Conrad has This Week in Auto History, and we'll get you updated on the stories making car news this week. Howdy, along with Mike out of this world, Mars, King Conrad DeLong. We need more Jeff Seekin. I'm Dot Armstrong. Thanks so much for joining us on this Saturday live edition. Okay, are we all ready? For paperback writer. Paperback writer. You're not joining me. Paperback writer. Here he is. Oh, boy. I am not a beetle. Well, whatever. Uh, all we can do is look at Jack, and we see that little smirk on his face. So, obviously, he heard the fine quartet that we are. Oh, gosh. The Fab Four. The Fab, the Fab Four. Four that's man. us. Hi, Jack. How are you? Hey, great to talk to you. How do we sound on your end? Uh, about the same. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah. Just about the same. Well, that's yeah. good. I mean, is that a good thing? I mean, do you, do we I have, think so. Do you have enough volume? Are we distorted? I mean, do, do you we want have us our to ma- sing another song? Do we have our makeup on no, right? No more distorted than usual. I, you know. Okay, well, <laughs> there you go. Are looking a little, you know, distorted. We're going to do okay. Freebird next. Yeah. Uh, okay, can't wait for that. Distorted. Well, that that's kind of our, our uh, modus Motto. operandi. Jack, I had no clue that you, sir, are a novelist. Well, I'm a writer, uh, and I have been for a long, long time now, and this is really my first novel. I've written a lot of nonfiction books, and I've written some true crime books, and this is my first novel. It's a crime novel. Uh, It's called Dance in the Dark, and it's, uh, you know, uh, building on what I learned from a a lot of true crime. I did a true crime uh, book called Fatal Photographs. It was about a murder case that was kind of associated with the car business, actually, in the and the auto journalism business. And so this is kind of a natural segue. I'm kind of excited about it. It's a, I think it's an exciting book, and it's a lot like a true crime book. I See, think. The, these things that we didn't know about you have all come out now, and now we know. Next thing you know, it's going to be, you're, you're going to be, uh, you know, portrayed on television as the author of Dance in the Dark. I mean, it's going to, I see big things happening. You're going on Oprah next. Yeah, oh, I was thinking going on Oprah. Yeah, they better happen fast. You're <laughs> <laughs> right. Now. No, uh, Jack, I mean, I, I, I was really, actually, honestly, uh, really excited to see this. And I thought, wow, Jack, look what he's doing. But for you, it's nothing. It's just another, another little uh, chink in the armor there, I guess. Well, I'm excited about it. I mean, when you are a writer and you finally publish your first novel, that's an exciting thing, right? And uh, there's a lot writing on that. I mean, you can write about stuff that happened, and that's that's one thing, and it it takes some talent to do that. So let me just read this. Jason Griffiths is the former rock and roll drummer turned computer programmer who's afraid someone's trying to kill him, but he doesn't know why. After living a quiet life for years, suddenly his girlfriend leaves him. He meets the most beautiful woman he's ever seen and within days he's wanted for the murder of a drug cartel enforcer a murder he didn't commit cops thinks he did it so does the cartel so he's stuck between them with nowhere to turn now the only person who might be able to help him is the new woman in his life but is his stunning new companion an asset or an enemy i love the i'm gonna buy the book jack (laughs) <laughs> well, well we can I am. get you a copy, Don, but I hope a lot of people do buy the book. It's an exciting book. I don't, I don't think people will guess the ending. It's a suspense novel. Uh, 
you know, kind of movie-like, I think, in a, in a lot of ways. So uh-huh. I think people will enjoy it. Listen, Hallmark, Hallmark needs all the help that they can get. And I'm going to propose to Hallmark that they pick up your novel and turn it into a movie. And if they make a movie out of it, I suggest Mike be the cartel guy. Yep. Yeah, Mars. Oh, yeah. I got Perfect. a sombrero I can wear. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect casting. I like it. Well, I do, too. And uh, I, you can buy it online. So how long have you been – how long did it take you to write the book, Jack? Uh, it's a good question. Uh, you know, I, I kind of started it a long time ago, and then I picked it up again. And um, I'm a fairly facile writer. I, I write pretty quickly. I, I trained in uh, daily newspapers, so um, – I feel pretty confident about just getting something out. So not not a whole long period of time. There was actually a news clip that I read that kind of spurred this thing. So it really is spurred by something that is uh, based uh, based on a real story. Yeah, I mean, there's elements of it. Uh, You know, it's one of those things where you you see something in the news and you go, well, what if what if this happened and this happened and this happened? You know, what would be the best way to protect this uh, kind of information? And I kind of went from there. Hmm. I've watched a lot of Perry Mason, so I could probably figure that out. There you go. I did, too. I mean, uh, Saturday night, I think we sat and watched Perry Mason (laughs) every night when I was a kid. So, you know, (laughs) guessing who the uh, villain was or the the murderer in that particular episode. Well, those kind of things help. Yeah. Uh, Well, uh, so, well, I. I'm I'm thrilled, and it's a perfect time of the year. And you know, for fourteen bucks on Amazon, "Dance in the Dark" could be a Christmas gift or several. And uh, it's one that I'm looking forward to reading. And uh, I'm I'm really excited because I know the author. Well, very good. <laughs> That's a very kind of you, Don. I appreciate. So that. yeah, you Thank bet. You. Well, Jack, it, it's uh, obviously it's a little bit different than what we usually talk about on this show because with you, it's uh, about cars, and and rightly so. You're a well versed author when it comes to car reviews and what's going on in the car industry. And I just got through reading a story about Carvana, and uh, uh, you know. I know that everybody thinks that I rag on the whole idea of Carvana, but, you know, when they spend millions and millions of dollars on a damn vending machine to go get a car, it raises a red flag for me. I don't know about you. But then all of these other stories that we hear that they haven't, you know, paid the states in which they operate to uh, people to get their title. I mean, things are just too weird to me on this deal. What are your thoughts? Well, it's kind of a, a, an interesting company, that's for certain. I mean, I, I don't know that people actually grasp that Carvana is really a used car dealer. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a nationwide or, you know, widely spread used car dealer. In some ways, a competitor to CarMax more than anything else. And, you know, they have a particular marketing scheme, and it's a, a scheme makes it sound crooked. So it's not that. A particular marketing method. Uh, that's okay for some people. Uh, I always suggest that people do some comparison shopping. What's on Carvana might, uh, you know, check the price there, check it at CarMax, check a local dealer, uh, you know, check uh, all the all the sources you can before you buy a car. So uh, there's a, a billion different ways to buy a car these days. That's yeah. <laughs> well, and the other story that uh, we read in the, in the last hour is that inventory – uh, is really beginning to come back to the dealerships and car manufacturers are starting to turn out more and more cars. And for you and I that, uh, you know, we try to have our ear to the ground when it comes comes to uh, 
you know, manufacturing and, and retailing uh, uh, new cars, that's pretty exciting because it's really been the doldrums here the past couple of years. Yep. Yeah, it's been very difficult. I mean, I, I talk to my friends at True Car a lot, and, uh, you know, they have their finger on the pulse of uh, the industry, too. And they, they say in, in normal times or before uh, COVID, uh, the end of inventory uh, on dealers' lots was about 3 million cars. And it got down in 2021 to be under a million. Wow. So when you, when you knock down the inventory, what's that, two-thirds or something like that, you know, that's going to have some big-time effects. And we're still feeling the effects now. Uh, now inventory is back up maybe to 1.2 million, 1.5 million, something like that. As right. you say, Don, it's, it's coming back. But it's still not where it was. And, you know, when there's more inventory, it's a lot easier for consumers to buy cars and get better deals. Yeah. But, Jack, do you do you think they really want to or they will get it back up to, say, that $3 million level? It depends on who, you, who you're talking about, they. I mean, uh, they, the car companies, certainly want, want more inventory out there. You know, right. the car manufacturers. The car dealers are... are uh, doing pretty well in this kind of market, right? I mean, they're marking everything up beyond MSRP, not everything, but they're marking a pretty lot much. of things up beyond <laughs> MSRP. Uh, they have people coming in and buying uh, buying vehicles right as they show up or before they show up, and then, you know, they call them when the vehicle arrives. So uh, they're, they're not having to do the amount of marketing, uh, advertising that they would normally do. I think uh, car manufacturers are going to change that, though. We're going to see more production. We're going to see more supply in the marketplace, and I, I think we're going to see incentives again. Pretty, well, pretty I will quick. tell you that uh, I have a friend of mine that works for uh, National and Enterprise Rent-A-Car, and they are, for the first time in a couple of years, actually starting to trickle in some new car inventory in the rental car market. Right. And uh, to me, it's kind of a sign that if they're starting to get them in the rental fleets, then they're certainly showing up on dealer lots. Uh, and the first ones to come to mind, Kia and Hyundai. And uh, apparently they're doing quite a good job at cranking out as many as they can. And they they're actually have inventory on dealer lots. Yeah, they're doing a good job. And, you know, the other side of the coin is a company like Honda. I mean, they've really suffered and their sales are way, way down. And it's not like there's anything wrong with their vehicles. They're just a great deal of difficulty dealing with supply chain issues. So, like you say, Hyundai and Kia doing a good job, you know, cranking out a lot of vehicles. And those are certainly vehicles to look at. Uh, if you're buying one, but uh, others are, are still suffering from this big time. Do you think the Hyundai Kia thing is uh, somewhat related to the chip manufacturing in Korea? Well, I and think their uh, access to it. Yeah, they have great access, right? I mean, they're such the, the dominant company in South Korea, you know, Hyundai Corporation overall. So uh, they have better access, I think, than some others to uh, those important parts like chips. Um. What do you think uh, about what's happening in the EV market? That seems to be all the rage these days. But I also read recently that inventory is up. And so that means to me that if you can go to a dealer and buy EVs now uh, off the lot, that is the EV uh, phenomenon uh, kind of uh, waning just a little bit in your eyes and well, estimation? I, 
Yeah, I think uh, we're going to see fits and starts in EVs just like everything else. Uh, I think as there's more supply, I mean, there's uh, several things mitigating against uh, uh, the spread of EVs, right? I mean, we're seeing interest rates go up, so they're, they're already expensive to begin with. EVs are expensive to begin with uh, versus a conventional car. And then you have the potential cost of an auto loan being even more. So that's that's an issue. Mm -hmm. uh, you have, you know, fuel prices going down, maybe not to the level that they were in 2020, 2019, but fuel prices have been down. They've been down here in California, for example. And I think high fuel prices were spurring people. When, when gas was $7 a gallon here, a lot of people looked at EVs. With gas being now $4.50 a gallon, I mean, you guys probably scoff at that as being low, but you know that that actually seems pretty good. And a lot uh, versus what it's been, and a lot of people are going, "Well, I'm not sure an EV is right for me right now." Well, Especially not only that, I will I will tell you that uh, passed a gas station just this morning early, and uh, price of a gallon of gas at a name brand retailer two dollars and fifty two cents a gallon here in in the Houston area. I don't, I'm not trying to make you jealous or anything. No, but, but yeah, you know, yeah, I hit exactly. 241 yesterday at, uh, at the HEB. And the difference for cash versus credit card also. There's like a 10-cent difference. Yeah. But, I mean, that's here in Texas where we make the gas. So, uh, but, but, yeah. but that well, goes and happily, the, you're still making the gas. I mean, that's the good thing. Amen and to I, that. I, yeah. I, yeah. So where is your book available right now? I'm sorry. I didn't hear the first part of that. Where is your book available today? Amazon. Uh, it's, it's available on Amazon and at emlancy.com, uh, which is the publishing company, emlancy. So are you, you coming in the studio for a book signing? We would love to have you here. I'd love to be there. I'd love to be with you guys. It would be a lot of fun. And, you know, I'll make sure you get the copies of the book. Do you ever come to Texas? I do. I, uh, but I come to Dallas and Fort Worth. I have a daughter who lives in Dallas and I have another who, who lives in Fort Worth. They're both out of college. They both went to school in that area. Uh, and they love Texas. So, uh, you know, we get to Texas quite a bit, actually. Well, the Not to Houston, though. Yeah, I hear you. Well, I, I think that what we did, could do is plan a, a date somewhere in the middle. I'm thinking San Antonio. We could party like no tomorrow. <laughs> On the Riverwalk. On the Riverwalk. Or yeah, Woodlands. We, and, and, we, and we'll go ahead and, and get the sombreros and the tequila shots oh, On the River. And uh, right. we'll, we'll rent one of the boats just for us. I'd love to do it. I'd love to sit in with you guys sometime. I think it would be a blast. I, you know, I always have such fun when I'm talking to you, and it, it, it's a highlight of my week. So. I'll, bet, I'll bet it is. <laughs> liar, liar. <laughs> Particularly when it's 7.30 his mean, time. Maybe I have an empty life. I, I, I might <laughs> that, his, his new book's going to be Lies in Cars. <laughs> Lies in Cars. Uh, Jack, we, we love you, man, and we're really excited about your new book. I did want to uh, touch on one other thing with uh, cars. I know that uh, last time we talked, we were working on the uh, America, the Car of the Year. And I know that you're on the board there of the Car of the Year Awards. Has that, uh, what, where do we stand on that? Well, we have named the finalists in North American Car of the Year, North American Utility of the Year, North American Truck of the Year. So there are three contenders in each of those categories. And on January 11th, uh, outside Detroit, I think we're actually going to do it in Pontiac, Michigan. There we will go. be naming the Car of the Year, the Utility of the Year, and uh, the Truck of the Year. So that's coming up. We're excited about it. We're in the, the final stages of, of judging, and then we do an election, basically. We 
we have a balloting, uh, you know, a secret ballot uh, that's um, audited by a, a big, big eight accounting firm. You can and, tell uh, us. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I mean, if I if I knew, I wouldn't tell you, but I, don't know, <laughs> so I can't tell you. And uh, we haven't had the balloting yet, so you know we're a ways off. How that. many I, How I many mean, people are involved in, in? There are fifty jurors. Fifty jurors. Jurors. Okay. Jurors. Fifty. Right. We need and, to get on that. And from what? All over the United States. Uh, United States and Canada. I think we have seven uh, jurors, seven or eight from Canada. That's fair. How, how do you North how do you American become a juror? How do you become yeah, How do you become a juror? It's uh, first you have to be pro- probably in the industry for fifteen or twenty years reviewing cars uh, on a regular basis, uh, and then there is a selection committee that when we have an uh, you know when somebody leaves the jury and that happens every now and then, uh, this committee uh, puts in front of us and I'm on the board so I, I know kind of the, how it works. Uh, some names of people who uh, are, are logical candidates to become a, a juror. Like a Don Armstrong. That's what I was thinking. Yes, exactly. Don Armstrong could uh, very well be one. Yeah. Let's well, put, him on, put him on as a nominee. A nominee. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, let me know. when. How do, how do I find out when the uh, next opening is? So I could vie uh, it just for that. It kind of happens, right? I mean, some people re- resign. It's you're, you're kind of on the, on the jury until you're either uh, you retire because you're not – uh, reviewing cars anymore, or die, or uh, yeah, or you pass away. Jack, Jack will call you, Don. Just hold your breath. All right, yeah, yeah. I'm going to hold my breath. But I, you know, I got a feeling that it's not as easy as it sounds because I've I've done some sort of you know industry kind of insider stuff, and it's like, wait a minute, this is way too much work. Well, there, uh, there's some work to it. There's some joy to it. Uh, you have to commit some time to it. It's an all-volunteer organization. We actually pay um, to be members of the jury. We don't get compensated for it. Uh, some of our travel is compensated, but that's about it. So uh, it does take uh, an element of time. And I'm the vice president of the of the jury, so I guess it takes a little bit more of my time than it does for the typical juror. The good news is you're on the jury. The bad news is you got to go to Detroit. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah exactly. Go. That's where yeah, it gets a the... couple times a year. Well, Jack, Jack, it's always great to to uh, talk to you. What is what is your website? Uh, several sites. I mean, driving today is a place to look for us. Uh, you know, America on the Road is the radio show that I do, and. America on the Road is on all the podcast channels, and, uh, you know, it's it's out there. So uh, please look for that. Uh, it's not as cool as your podcast, but uh, we, we think we do it okay. Oh, my gosh. Here. Well, you're too kind, but uh, that's not the case at all because I've watched uh, America on the Road, and I, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. And I always thoroughly enjoy talking to you. Really excited about your new book, Dance in the Dark, available on Amazon. And uh, I encourage I posted everybody- a, I posted a link in Amazon. I encourage everybody to uh, consider it when you're buying your Christmas gifts this year. Jack, thank you. Thanks for getting up and talking to us this morning. Well, thanks thanks so much, and thanks for uh, plugging my book a bit. I, I really do appreciate that. Well, you and, know, I wish everybody happy holidays. Well, and same to you. Merry Christmas, and uh, be safe out there on New Year's. Be a great Christmas gift. Take care, Jack. Talk to you soon. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks. Cool. Cool. I was, cool. I, I, I've always admired Jack Nerad. That would make a great movie name. Never met him in person, but I feel like he's a friend. You know, the, uh, he's, well, yeah. he's, he's one of the guys. I, he is one of us. Yes, he is.
uh, very knowledgeable and uh, somebody that you know you can trust with his opinions on cars. Now, have you met him in person? I met yeah. him once in Detroit. I don't think I have met him in person. I wanted to, but never have. Yeah. Oh. His, his security team kept you away. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Again. He's well, smiling. He's still yeah, on. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, yeah, I, I, I went to a, a funeral of a friend yesterday and uh, a mutual friend of uh, Lieutenant Dan. Uh, Lieutenant Dan Patrick, Lieutenant Governor of the State of Texas, he was there, and he and I had a uh, nice long conversation, and uh, and not about politics. It wasn't that at all. Dan's been a longtime friend of mine. Dan's a car guy too. He's, he is a car guy, and he cherishes his truck. Yeah, and so uh, and you and, can see it in his commercials. And as a matter of fact, uh, I remember one Meekum auction that we did uh, a couple three years ago, and Dan, I looked down there, and there's Dan, and he goes, Don. What are you doing here? I said, what are you doing here? <laughs> of course, his security detail yeah, and all yeah. of that. They're all looking at me. I'm going, yeah, you go away. <laughs> hey, Danny, it's good to see you. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So it was good He to did see sit him. down and talk with us. It, yeah. was, it was real. Yeah. Gave us real an nice. interview. Yeah. yeah. We need to get him back. Well, you know, uh, he's, he's I was asking him, so what's, your, busy right now, what's your schedule like? <laughs> he says, well. I'm trying to play catch up because of the election that yeah. he won. And uh, so he hasn't, wasn't able to do any of his real work. And now he's trying to play catch up because uh, the new session starts in the mm-hmm. state right after the first yep. of the year. Or so yeah. he's trying to play catch up and get ready for the new session. So he's a pretty busy guy. Anyway, it was good to talk to him. Uh, time now for this week in auto history. And Conrad has that. And we're glad you're back to do it. Thank you. Yeah, I kind of watched Jeff work his his way through it. (laughs) Well, when you put it in a different language, yeah, I got to interpret it. There's that. This week in 1955, the federal government standardized the size of license plates throughout the U.S. Previously, individual states could design their own license plates, resulting in wide variations of width, height. You know, some of them had some shapes of the state and stuff. And now they all look like this. Yeah. Except they're not from 1967. No, but it was, you know, I think your oldest is 1961. So that is part of the standardized look. Yeah. And uh, 1963, the uh, Studebaker Brothers Manufacturing Company uh, started, uh, which was started during the Civil War, was the world's largest manufacturer of horse-drawn carriages when the automobile came along, Studebaker converted its business from carriages to becoming an automaker, but the brand couldn't keep up with its competitors. Despite a 1954 merger with the Packard Motor Company, um, so this week in 1963, the last American-made Studebaker was produced in South Bend, Indiana, and then they closed forever. And this was a their Studebaker Lark. That is actually a picture of their last car that they made. Studebaker made some creative cars. Uh, they actually made a Lark station wagon. I love it. With a movable rear roof Beautiful. that kind of made it into a what a, a freak bit of a, a, bit of a that, pickup truck. Looks like a freak. No, no. The Queen of England had a, a Land Rover that had that particular well you got to remember buick actually made something like that in the late 90s early 2000s i like it with a uh uh, with a roof (laughs) that would open up and allow you to to stand tall stuff what a dream so did gm and how did that work out for him it sucked 
1971, General Motors recalled 6.7 million vehicles that were vulnerable to motor mount failure. It was the largest voluntary safety recall in the industry's history. And then in, two, what was it, 2015, Takata said, here, hold my beer, watch this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, in 1979, the last Pacer was produced by American Motors Company. The bubble-topped Pacer was a reasonable, popular economy car, though its Jetson-styled body attracted flack from the car critics uh, and stand-up comedians alike. Um, what an ugly thing. There's nothing Jetson about that. <laughs> I know. Anita Martini actually had one of those. We all made fun of her for it. And then uh, in 2003 this week, um, Seattle preservationists loaded up the city's iconic Hat and Boots Texas gas station onto a tractor trailer to drive it away from the spot where it had stood for 50 years uh, to move it um, into a preservation park. Uh, a preservation park. Yeah. So the hat was 44 feet wide. And it stood over the uh, the office and and um, uh, of the gas station. Each of the boots, one boot was the male restroom, the other boot was the female restroom. Oh, okay. There well, you there go. You have it. Something a little different. All right. You done? And then in 1947, the National Association of Stock Car Racing was founded at the Streamline Hotel, which was actually the first picture we saw there. Um, in Daytona Beach, Florida. Yeah, we noticed that it was the first one. Yeah. We're going, what is this about? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. That is this week in auto history. Well, it was good. Very good. I, I, I enjoyed it. I did. Is is that motel still there? Yes. It is. It's it, streamlined. It, it's been it's been uh, much updated. Well, I would hope so. Especially those mattresses. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Hot sheet. Oh my goodness. Well. Um, I don't want to get it. I was I had a news story, but I'm going to save the news stories for next okay. because next hour because uh, there's too many good ones. All right, are you gotcha. guys good with that? Yep. I'm okay. Good. So it's time now for a quick break here, and uh, we'll be right back. You're on the In Wheel Time Car Talk Show on iHeartRadio. Starting to work on your Christmas calendar? Be sure to add the next Teal Pipes and Tacos Cruise in Saturday, December 17th. You'll want to attend Tailpipes and Tacos Christmas Edition at the Loopy Tortilla in Katy, 8 to 11 a.m. It's the only place cruisers compete for Loopy's Chili Pepper Trophies and other prizes. There's no charge to enter your vehicle for Best Hot Rod, Best Classic, or Best Modern Classic. Tailpipes and Tacos is Houston's coolest and most unique cruise-in and is your opportunity to see the best hot rods, show cars, classics, and resto mods and get Loopy Tortilla Breakfast Tacos with adult beverages. There's no entry fee and cars will automatically compete for those much sought-after custom loopy trophies and other prizes it happens at the loopy tortilla tax max in katie on the grand parkway at kingsland boulevard just south of i-10 it's the tailpipes and tacos christmas edition saturday december 17th the in wheel time car talk show will be there too celebrate the christmas season with friends and family at tailpipes and tacos saturday morning december 17th 8 to 11 we'll see you then weather permitting want to take a minute to tell you about gulf coast auto shield a houston detail company like no other Gulf Coast Auto Shield offers paint correction services that'll give your car, truck, or SUV a like-new shine. Afterwards, you'll want to protect it with a professionally installed nano-ceramic coating or protection film. 
Worried about your very expensive windshield getting damaged, broken, or cracked? Let Gulf Coast Auto Shield install ExoShield, a windshield protection film. Give John Gray a call today or check out their website, gcautoshield.com. Hey, whether you own a new, ultra-expensive, exotic, or a five-year-old Suburban, Gulf Coast Auto Shield will help keep your investment looking like the day it rolled off the assembly line. Gulf Coast Auto Shield is conveniently located on the South Sam Houston Parkway, just south of I-69, the Southwest Freeway. Meet the staff and check out all of their services online right now at gcautoshield.com. The In-Wheel Time Car Talk Show is now part of the iHeart family. Now you'll have access to 24-7 Car Talk anytime you need a fix. Just download the iHeart Radio app and ask for In-Wheel Time Car Talk, and there we are. Be sure to save us in your iHeart library for instant access. No matter where you are, you have the best car talk show right on your PC, laptop, or mobile device and never have to worry about finding us again. Of course, you can always get access to our video and audio streams via InWheelTime.com and your favorite podcast channel, and all of this is free to you. From the iHeartRadio app, you'll not only hear our Saturday morning live show, but the best shows of the past, updated weekly. Never miss a minute of up-to-date new car reviews, pre-owned reviews, Conrad's Car Clinic, informative interviews, automotive news, and the most fun car talk show on the planet. Just download the iHeartRadio app, search for In Wheel Time Car Talk, save it to your library, and with a tap of the icon, you'll be in touch with your favorite car talk team. In Wheel Time Car Talk, streaming now on iHeart.com slash In Wheel Time Car Talk.